And uh, we just found that um, after seven or eight years being in that ministry, I found myself in a state of being absolutely burned out, although I never knew it at the time. And that was the, the strangest thing, was I was operating in a state of burnout, not knowing that I was burned out. Hey friends, welcome to what I believe is the most wonderful time of the year, and that is summer. I hope you guys are out playing in some sense. I know there's a lot of work to be done. I know reentry is hard for businesses, churches, and nonprofits, but we hope that you take some time and some margin this summer. Uh, this episode is one that David and I are particularly passionate about, and uh, David, you are a pastor. Uh, I was a pastor for 13 years, and so we are passionate about helping leaders avoid burnout. But this one is specifically mm -hmm. aimed at pastors. And we know that there are some uh, overlap between all leaders and certainly all kingdom leaders, but there are some things specifically aimed at the heart of pastors. And in this episode, if you know a pastor, go ahead and tag them, go ahead and hit the download and share on this with other people. This one is literally from the ministry expert on burnout. And I had never met somebody else uh, that was an expert on burnout uh, before, but he's literally a clinical expert, like a PhD mm -hmm. expert on pastoral burnout. So David, uh, being a, a pastor currently, share just a little bit of your heart uh, for this, why we care so much about pastors not burning out. Well, my specifically for this period of time, my concern is, is that we are kind of experiencing almost like we, we did with the, the housing, the real estate market bubble in 2008, that we have an emotional, spiritual, mental health bubble, uh, particularly for pastors right now. We are carrying all sorts of weight, um, confusion. Uh, we are moving at a pace in this time where we've had to adjust that isn't sustainable. And my fear is that once we get through it, there's going to be this wave of pastoral crashes and burnouts, either moral failure or just tired and quit, um, or maybe even physical health ramifications that come from it. So I, I know I've experienced an extra kind of sense of heaviness in this season. And, um, and I, I feel like I have self-awareness and, and I'm still having to coach myself constantly to make sure yeah. that I'm functioning from a place of health. So it, it's so crucial before this, but I feel like we are now in a season that makes this topic and this conversation so, so incredibly uh, important um, for, for pastors to be engaging with this conversation because there are things under the surface. I've had stress that has come out as shingles and I'm 31 years old. And I don't think 31-year-old relatively healthy men get shingles. It's uh, generally an older person uh, deal, but I've gotten it from not dealing with underlying stress of, of trying to bury it. So anyway, it's close to my heart because I've, I felt like I've come close to burnout in my life. And, um, I, my concern is that we are going to see a huge wave of that coming forward. So I'm excited about this conversation because I think it's so needed. I love that we're laughing at your effects of stress in the season and, yeah, that this has literally turned you into an old man during this time. So, hey, maybe us laughing at David just a little bit will make you feel better about yourself today. Uh, yeah, seriously, so. guys, what a season. I mean, this 
the amount of exhaustion that comes from this, you're always more tired than you think. And we want you to pull up and rest. We want you to pull up and create some margin this summer. It's unsustainable, the pace that we've been running out for these months. And um, and I, I hope that we're wrong, David. I hope that our team is wrong and we see burnout coming and then it's totally avoided. Um, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're going to be. I mean, the collective stress is serious from this. And guys, I'm concerned for any person who is helping another person, let alone taking on the spiritual weight, uh, the relational weight, the emotional weight of this season. Um, it's It's seriously been... Uh, an unbelievable weight that you've been carrying. If you were a pastor listening to this, we love you. I was two years into my pastoral mm-hmm. journey when I nearly burned out. And in God's grace, that's what had to happen to me. I don't believe it has to happen to everyone. I needed that in that moment and the pain of that, the discouragement of that, the depression of that. That's what I needed. That's what God used in me. But one of the reasons we do this podcast is because we want you to hear maybe from a few steps ahead is this could be where you're heading. Objects in motion stay in motion unless acted on by an outside force. If we could bring up a hard conversation and then the Holy Spirit can be that outside force for you, um, we hope that that could be amazing. We've heard those sort of intervention stories from our podcast. We absolutely love them. Uh, and so I have Dr. Wes Beavis on the line today. And uh, literally, uh, yes, he has the PhD letters in front of his name. He's been a pastor. He's been a church planter. He has a broad level of experience. And this is really helpful to go into some of the clinical pieces of that. Again, that's not our specialty. I'm not a PhD in this. We deal with very much the practical, but um, this is a great conversation, very needed um, today. We talk about various areas of burnout. He has a book that goes in-depth on this, but I thought it was really helpful for him to talk about some of the things that you are taking on if you're a pastor in this season that you have no idea how much they're weighing on you, the emotional weight of that. And again, we just want to say clearly, pastors, we love you. And we want to love you by asking you, can you stop? Can you slow down? Can you rest? Can you play? Can you have some fun this summer? Can you journal? Can you acknowledge so many of the hard things you've been carrying for this season? Because it sneaks up on us. Dr. West Beavis shares about that. We hope this is helpful for you. Again, we're going to continue to bring you some uncomfortable conversations this summer, things we desperately need to be talking about. So, Maybe you don't enjoy it, but I hope that you ingest and learn from this conversation about burnout, especially for pastors, from Dr. Wes Beavis. Dr. Wes Beavis, welcome to Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Alan, it's an absolute joy to be with you and David and the team. Thanks for the opportunity of, uh, um, yeah, just being a part of what you're doing. Well, you're obviously not from Iowa. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your accent and um, therefore kind of where you grew up and even uh, your ministry journey. Well, yes, you are accurate. I come from uh, down south. Uh, that would be way down south, uh, originally Australia. and um, But I've spent half my life uh, living in both countries, the United States and Australia. And it really has to do with the fact that I was the son of a pastor. And uh, so my father came over when I was a young man. uh, And uh, he was doing his uh, theological studies here in the United States. And so that started my love affair with the United States. And so when I had a young family, I thought, wouldn't it be 
awesome to give them the opportunity to experience what I experienced growing up, and that was to be a part of the greatest nation in the history of mankind. And wow. uh, so uh, I've been able to achieve that. My uh, sons have grown up in the United States. My oldest son is uh, a pastor uh, up in Beaverton, Oregon. And my youngest son is in medical school, just finishing his last year there. So, um, so it was the ministry journey of, of my father and my ministry journey that has kept us kind of bouncing between uh, these two great nations, Australia and America. And you planted a church uh, and have also uh, done all kinds of different ministry roles. Now find yourself as a clinical psychologist. So what's interesting, Wes, is that I've even said before, um, have you ever met an expert on burnout? And now I can say I have officially. Uh, so loved your book. Let's talk about ministry burnout. And so that's really our topic for today. So can you share from the different vantage of um, how you've seen burnout really first on the pastoral side, you obviously understand the pastoral journey, the journey of a church planter as well, and then how you get to experience it on the clinical side where you actually help pastors through this? Absolutely. Alan, it, it really stems from my own personal experience as a pastor. I have uh, served in many roles, uh, associate pastor, uh, worship pastor, uh, church planter, um, senior leader of a church staff, and I have uh, ministered in three uh, different churches in my ministry career. Uh, and the first two ministry positions were just dream ministry positions at larger churches, well-resourced. Uh, I got the joy of seeing exponential growth in in both those settings. I served with uh, great fellow leaders and um, just the the ministry journey, you know, not always easy, but it was it was incredibly invigorating. And then my wife and I were inspired to uh, plant a church and just from the ground up. And we found that experience just heart crushing. Um, we discovered that planting a church was far different than being in a larger church where you have uh, greater resources by way of property, uh, finances, and people. Um, when you're planting a church, you generally don't have those things unless you're a corporate plant. And uh, we just found that um, after seven or eight years, being in that ministry, um, I found myself in a state of being absolutely burned out, although I never knew it at the time. And that was the, that was the, the strangest thing was I was operating in a state of burnout, not knowing that I was burned out. Um, and that, that really played into why I titled my book, Let's Talk About Ministry Burnout. Because what I discovered in my research was that the prevalence of ministry burnout is far greater than the discussion about it. And I just thought it would be really advantageous to uh, every pastor out there. Let's, let's normalize the topic. Um, yeah. Sometimes, we've, sometimes we feel like, you know, we've got to be really good sales reps 
for the best product in the world. And if we're languishing, then somehow we feel that that's a, you know, we're reflecting poorly on the product, so to speak, if I can use business uh, terminology there. Um, And, you know, that's a really heavy burden. It's like, oh, my goodness, I've got to be an example that that this stuff works. (laughs) You know, faith is all that I, you know, preach it to be. And uh, that's hard to do when you're in a state of burnout. Mm-hmm. And so um, having uh, experienced that um, devastating uh, ministry uh, season, I wanted to get to the bottom of um, what it was. And so I, I entered a, a graduate program in the area of uh, clinical counseling. And the more I got into it, the more I learned that, oh my goodness, I was experiencing uh, this dynamic and this element over here and this factor over here and never was able to put it together while I was in ministry. And then the further I got into that, I entered a doctoral program. Uh, I I went to a secular school um, to do my doctorate in clinical psychology, but they were actually really, really open to me focusing my dissertation research on ministry leaders and their experience with with burnout. And the more I got into that uh, research, the the more I discovered that it is way more prevalent than what the discussion about it would lead you to believe. And why is that? Why are we not talking about this, Wes? There, there are many, many reasons. Um, you know, we feel, you know, what I just spoke about, this sense of, you know, we've, we've got to be the living demonstration that the, the message of the gospel works in the life of the person. And, and to be languishing, experiencing depression or anxiety, um, even panic attacks, um, I have I have pastors in my private practice who um, have experienced being admitted to hospital because they have panic attacks, and um, there's a, there's a great sense of of um, shame that comes with that. It's like I'm a pastor; I'm meant to have it together, and here I am in hospital um, suffering from a panic attack, and then and then shame just further compounds the. Uh, the the experience of of uh, what you're already sensing, you know, that I'm not good enough. I'm I must not be cut out to be a pastor. I must, you know, I'm I'm not worthy to, and all those all those negative cognitions that further drag us down. So, um, so there's that element, uh, the the shame element, um, and you know, we, there there is a you know, in, in the culture, if you're, if you're a really successful pastor, then, then you're the guy or the, or the girl that gets invited to speak at the conferences and uh, are given the opportunity for writing books and all that. And so, you know, no pastor wants to kind of raise the flag and say, you know, I am really, really struggling here. And yep. There, and and so that that's just a couple of reasons. Yeah, um, sure. and and then we've got the you know the, as pastors we're real champions of um of being able to 
wallpaper over our dilemma with scripture verses. Um, I, I don't know uh, whether your car does this, but uh, the vehicle I drive, when, um, when something is not working right in my engine, I'll get a check engine light that, that comes up on the, on the dashboard. Mine's been on and for like I a think- year, Wes, so... I don't know what that says about me or, or my own health, but I like, I want to put a piece of tape over it because it's just on like all yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's, you know, God has put certain indicators in our life to say, Hey, you know, um, pull over, you know, pop the hood. Let's, you know, let's, let's see what's going on or not, not going on. And we tend to look at that light check engine and we get out a scripture verse and we tape it over it. You know, um, one of the classics is do not become weary of doing good for at a proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. And while I believe um, so much in, in the truth of that, that scripture verse, I, I really, um, from a clinical perspective and also a theological perspective, I I think God does not intend that to be something that we use to cover up normal human needs. And uh, I think as pastors, we you know we're pretty good at taping taping over the check engine light and just keep you know moving forward in, yeah. in the belief that you know somehow you know we're going to get to some place and everything will calm down. And generally, that's not the case. You know, if you're yeah. if you're on the burnout trajectory, then all that will do is increase your rate, your pace towards burning out. Yeah, you you read that verse and you're like, but I am weary, and I've been doing a lot of good. I'm exhausted right now. Um, interesting, Wes. So I was uh, about two years into ministry when I brushed against burnout. And again, I wouldn't have known it, like you said at the time. So I wanted to drill down on that. You said, I, I didn't even know that I was experiencing at least signs and symptoms um, of burnout or toward burnout. Why can't we know that we're burning out? Or why don't we know that we are so exhausted or tired or on the edge of burnout? I'm going to give you an answer from, uh, from study of the brain. Um, the, more, the more emotionally fatigued we become, uh, the more the executive center of function of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, starts to dim. And the further along the line, I, in, in my research, I um, identified six specific stages that you go through to what I call um, clinical burnout in ministry leaders. And the further you go along those that sequence of stages, the less access you have to the more sophisticated parts of your brain to be able to uh, problem solve. So that's why, you know, when we're, when we're in, you know, stage three, stage four, stage five of, of ministry burnout, um, we're even less capable of being able to self-diagnose and, and certainly less capable of being able to, um, reverse our way out of the condition because Mm. in order to do that we need you know the full access to our cognitive capacities but at that point um really essential parts of our brain um have been have have shut down and and often we're operating out of out of more um less sophisticated parts of our brain which are you know more oriented towards you know freeze fight flight 
faint. Yeah, sure. Um, those factors. And it's really hard, to, you know, once you're in that part of your brain, it is really hard to find your way out of yeah. uh, a burned out condition. It makes total sense. And, you know, they, that we're kind of fuzzy or numbed in that space. I literally was coaching a leader yesterday um, and she's in the nonprofit space and exiting her role. And we were talking through that. And the phrase I said is, you're always more tired than you think. And that's just always proved true for leaders, whether they're going on sabbatical, exiting a role, uh, adrenal failure, maybe close. And you think, oh, I'm tired. I'm probably exhausted. You're exhausted. You're probably um, further than that, maybe on the edge of burnout. Uh, so interesting, Wes. Guys, as you're listening, I would encourage you to pick up this book. There's so much that we can't cover in this short interview. Uh, but Wes, I loved your book. And I don't know that I've quite seen it from this angle before. The clinical psychology piece of that, bringing in brain science, bringing in practical studies, stories from your clients. But I wanted to start even with this of can you define burnout for us? Uh, and as I understand it, really, we weren't, the word wasn't used until 1974. Is that correct? Uh, yes, and it was uh, it, um, used in the context of the helping professions, and and so there has been a significant study done on uh, um, researching burnout, um, but and there has been some study done um, on uh, ministry burnout, uh, but I in terms of a book, um, there's been a lot written, or maybe not a lot, maybe um, some significant books written from a devotional uh, point of view. Um, but from what I can tell, uh, my book, Let's Talk About Ministry Burnout, um, is looking at burnout in ministry leaders from a clinical perspective. And, and so it does, it does have devotional component to it, but it's just um, looking at it from, you know, what's happening in the brain when a pastor experiences betrayal, um, what, uh, what are the factors that causes pastors to burn out? And uh, my research reveals that it's different depending on what type of church. Um, for, uh, for instance, uh, senior pastors of megachurches um, are... Uh, steered towards burnout for different reasons than a, a church planting pastor. Uh, unfortunately, uh, church planting pastors have a higher rate of burnout. Um, uh, one of the factors is constantly being on the edge of uh, financial viability that really wears on on the spirit and soul of a pastor. Yeah. Um, the the fact that he, here's something interesting that my research revealed um, that introverts burn out at a higher rate than extroverts, and mm. you're going well that actually makes sense. So that's no no brainwave, but the um, a huge study of uh, over three thousand pastors indicated that sixty two percent of all pastors ministry leaders are introverts. And so I, th I was really curious about that, why the majority of pastors have a, a psychological predisposition or personality construct that actually makes them more susceptible to burnout. Mm. Um, those uh, people who are uh, extroverts burn out at a less rate, and yet there are more introverts in there. So that's an interesting study right there. So if you're if you're an introvert and you uh, are experiencing burnout symptoms, join the club. There are lots of pastors in that uh, yeah. in that club. 
Yep, sure. Interesting. And and I've heard that before, but I appreciated your study on that. Um, because, you know, anecdotally, it's, it's one thing to think, yeah, I've heard that, but that was really helpful. Can you give us your working definition of burnout? Yes. Uh, bur- uh, ministry burnout is a debilitating condition that erodes a pastor's energy, optimism, and ministry effectiveness. Energy optimism and effectiveness. I like that because it does ministry effectiveness. It does touch all those different areas. Um, This, I want to read this section from your introduction. It says burnout is not a sudden event. It doesn't jump out of nowhere to suddenly mug you and run off with your well-being. Rather, it has a stealth approach. It hacks into your well-being and steals small amounts over a long period of time. At first, you may not notice the signs, but after a while, the compounding effects or effect of micro losses can bankrupt your spirit of vitality. Can you explain some of those micro losses you're talking about? Uh, some, of, some of the things that the pastors revealed to me, I remember one pastor saying, every time I had a, ch- had a family leave my church, it felt like a mini divorce. And of course, as ministry leaders, we know we've got people coming and going all the time. And, and so, you know, every person, whether they're unhappy with our leadership um, or the fact that they're just moving on, you know, they got a, a job relocation and they've been really um, integral to our ministries. Every time we lose, you know, lose people, it just, it just takes a little nip at our um, at our, uh, emotional reserves. Yeah. Uh, every time we get a, a, a criticism, uh, a, a curt, um, email with strong letter to follow. Um, every time we, you know, get the, the treasurer's report of, uh, the, the finances, you know, that, that have come in for that week and whether it's enough to, to cover. And if it's not enough, um, for senior pastors, it's when you experience another little snide uh, comment that you hear from a staff member about your leadership. Uh, these are just, you know, some of the, the, the micro losses that just over time erode uh, our well-being. Hmm. And uh, let's expand that a little bit. What are some of the macro losses? If you had to choose maybe three to five of those macro losses, big things in ministry that absolutely can rip your heart out. Can you give us some of those? I would say that um, staff trouble is is a huge macro loss. When you, I mean, and that that manifests in you know a, somebody in your staff um, being disloyal and deciding that they they would be a better senior leader and they take many people from your ministry and go down the street and and start start a church at your expense that is a macro loss um i would say another one is is experiencing the despair over lack of results and mm. you know nobody goes into ministry to fail nobody right. nobody nobody plants a church to have it not succeed yeah. and yet the statistics are pretty brutal on just how many church plants actually succeed and uh, are still in ministry a decade later. Um, And uh, that despair over putting in, you know, 
massive, inordinate amount of energy for just little return. And I think that's something that that really uh, had an impact on me because I, I just wasn't ready for it. Um, when I was ministering in a in a larger church, larger staff, more resor- more resources, I would. Um, it, it just seemed, you know, most everything I tried worked and, and, uh, you know, I'd put in a certain amount of energy and I, I would get a certain amount of, of fruit from that effort. And so when I went into church planting, it was the reverse. It would be like, I, I would be putting in, you know, hundred percent effort and I would just get such minimal return and it, it would just, um, great on my spirit, and I know now from my clinical work with pastors that that um, that is a is a big factor in terms of macro losses. Um, I think um, when the pain of ministry starts to outweigh the joy of ministry, uh, that's a that's a macro loss. You know that switch. Yeah. I had one one pastor say to me, you know, generally ministry in 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 normal times if there is such a especially yeah. with what we're going through now that's right um you know you would have mostly sunshine with the occasional you know bit of rain occasional you know thunderstorm come in but he said i felt a switch where it was mostly mostly rain mostly overcast mostly storms with with just very little sunshine, and that is a that is a um, a debilitating indicator. And I remember this pastor saying, "He goes, you know, you think that, well, you know, this this should pass. This 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 weather pattern should pass in a week or pass in a month." And then he said, "You know, after months and months, you just wake up realizing you're you're ministering in Seattle, where it's always mm. raining." Yeah, and I, I just thought that was and and the way he said it, you know, I I could just sense in his spirit, you know, when he was recalling that experience, that 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 was when it switched, when it switched to being from being mostly sunny with the occasional rainstorm to mostly over overcast and cloudy with with very little sunshine. That that was when he knew that uh, he was in trouble. Sure. Yeah. So Wes, you and, had a really Oh, go ahead. And, and to the point, you mentioned something a little uh, while back that sometimes pastors don't really realize what stage of burnout that you're in. And, and, and for that reason, I did put on my website, drwestbevis.com, a ministry leader burnout assessment. It's just a quick assessment that people can take. Um, it's just answering a a uh, short series of questions and it gives a a readout or an analysis of where you might be and it's i've had feedback from pastors say i didn't realize just how far along the burnout spectrum i was until i took this ascent this assessment so uh, i'm a great believer in that um if you if any of your leaders are out there thinking Wow, you know, I wonder. I wonder if I am experiencing burnout symptomology. Well, that's uh, one thing you can do. Uh, that's a just a, a free thing on my website, drwestbevis.com, that you can take, and uh, it'll just give you a readout uh, indicating where you may be, and also some helpful tips 
on what you can do to start to reverse your symptoms. But uh, I jumped in and I trod all over you. My apologies for doing that. <laughs> no, no uh, problem. Well, we'll make sure to link to that uh, there in the show notes as well as as your book. Some great resources on there. Again, I don't know anyone studying the topic quite like you are, and, and that's super helpful. Another helpful thing I thought in the book was this Venn diagram of dealing with people and then responsible for favorable outcomes and then right in the middle, that football shape, the burnout zone. Can you tell us why dealing with people and being responsible for favorable outcomes is such a recipe uh, for burnout if we're not careful? Absolutely. And this, this is application over, over all of life. Um, you know, when people are experiencing anxiety and depression and burnout and other symptoms uh, like that, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is, um, are we trying to attain certain outcomes, but we have limited control over the inputs to create those outcomes? And often we find ourselves in a debilitating condition because we, we can't control the inputs. Like we can try to influence people. And we know certainly the Holy Spirit is influencing people. But at the end of the day, we only have so much influence. And generally, we overestimate the influence that, that we can have on people. And yet, as pastors, we hold ourselves accountable for the outcome. You know, we want, you know, we, you know, if, if, our, if our leaders, we train them to do this, and if they if they stay true to our training, then that should produce this outcome, favorable outcome. And often that is not the case. It's uh, very difficult to be completely responsible for outcomes when we don't have complete control over uh, the factors that go to create those outcomes. And so that's one of the things I work in my clinical practice with pastors is just to help them um, identify that they might be suffering under under that condition where they are placing upon themselves the responsibility for certain positive outcomes and yet they don't have control over the inputs necessary to produce those outcomes mm, that's that's a great word and that applies to parenting like you said that applies to every area of life. Um, do you actually have control over the inputs if you want to have, you know, quote unquote control and, and maybe some could even get raises or some can get pats on the back with that, right? That feels good when you see results, but the reality is we're partnering with God. We're partnering with the Holy spirit in this. We think we're responsible for a whole lot more than, than we actually are. That's, Super helpful. Uh, again, Wes, I'd love to camp out on this for hours. I'm sure we'll grab a cup of coffee in Southern California at some point, uh, grab a taco and, and have conversations about this. Um, I'm curious, from my perspective, I see a lot of stigmas are changing in ministry. And I see even the openness and receptivity to pastors um, getting counseling or therapy uh, is less of a stigma. I know we've even entered the mental health conversation with pastors, and we've seen you know devastating things like pastor suicides and, and things like that. So I'm grateful that some of the stigmas are coming off. I'm curious from your perspective, though, Wes, what stigmas do we still need to um, get away from that 
pastors can't struggle with blank or pastors are not allowed to have an issue with blank? Yeah, great question, Alan. There, fortunately, the stigma is diminishing. And there are churches out there, and I would, I would encourage uh, churches to continue um, moving in this direction of making resources available to their pastors to be able to, to go and get counseling. Uh, one, of, one of the realities that I have been made aware of in my clinical practice is that if you put a pastor or a ministry leader, or, or a business leader, any, any leader from, from this perspective, if you put any leader under enough stress or boredom, and boredom is a, is a form of anxiety, um, if you put them under enough stress and boredom, they will start to make mistakes and commit errors of judgment. And when you're a ministry leader, Errors of judgment can have catastrophic effects on, on the pastor, the pastor's family, the, the church, and the community at large, because when a church goes sideways or a pastor goes sideways, it really impacts the church. So, um, and, and the witness uh, of, of the church within the community. So I'm just really encouraged to know that there are uh, churches out there that are taking on board the, the importance of um, of their ministry leaders just staying healthy in this space. And they're actually more and more starting to um, provide resources to, uh, so that uh, pastors can um, go and work through some of the issues. Um, I've, I find that uh, one, of the th- uh, one of the stigmas that uh, pastors operate under is um, well, it's not, not really a stigma. It's a concern. It's like if, if I go in and bear my heart to somebody, you know, I, what happens if that gets out to, um, to my congregation? And a, a lot of pastors um, don't realize that, that uh, clinicians operate under uh, a, a code of, of um, law and ethics where confidentiality is just absolutely supreme. And that if we break confidentiality, then we can lose our license. And so um, there, the, the stigma goes um, both ways. You know, uh, uh, pastors, uh, you know, people can, can stigmatize, you know, pastors for being um, human. <laughs> and, and it's crazy to say that, but, um, yeah. you know, I, that's one of the things that uh, I diagnose pastors with, I, you know, after they've told Humanity. me. Humanity? You know, they're... they're yeah, I, I say. Listen, I'm I'm diagnosing you as fully human, and uh, yeah. And so now let's talk about that. But sometimes pastors even you know look at clinicians and go, you know, they wouldn't understand my world, and and that that may be true, and and that's why I'm just glad that there are more clinicians like myself who actually come out of the the ministry space. We do understand their world, um, and uh, I think. Uh, it's it's really great when you've got pastors that will you know stand up before the congregation and say yeah I was talking with my counselor 
this week. And it really liberates uh, the people in the church because they, you know, it's just like, oh my goodness, you know, he goes to counseling too, or she goes to counseling too. Because I can guarantee this, there are more people in in churches that are on psychotropic medication than the pastor would even realize. And so I, I think when you do raise the level of talking about it, it does uh, it diminish the the stigma, and it actually opens people up to be more real and more transparent, and and less under this condemnation of oh my goodness, if, if only I could be as good as my ministry leader, my pastor. You know, he he's got it or she's got it together with the Lord, and obviously I just suck at this. And yep. it's not the case. You know, we're all on this journey of growing, and and uh, every one of us needs to pull our our ministry vehicle into uh into into a, a mechanic pop the hood and just get get a specialist to to have a listen to what may be going on in our our ministry engine yeah that's good man that's really good all right i uh, got three more questions for you going to do a bit of a lightning round here um uh, kind of first thing that that comes to your mind i'm curious what you think you ready for this I'm never ready for lightning rounds. Perfect. So, it sounds uh, like you're ready. All right, let's let's do this. Uh, how do you believe COVID season might affect ministry leaders? Okay. Um, number one, uncertainty. Uh, the brain doesn't cope well with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, think of your cell phone. If your cell phone hasn't got a strong connection with the tower, it spends its time roaming, and that really depletes the battery. So pastors in this time of uncertainty every all routines get thrown out the window and they're constantly roaming all day long okay what's what do i need to do what do i need to modify what do i need to adapt and uh, that has a debilitating factor on the uh the emotional well-being because you're just absolutely drained and one of the things that pastors say to me all the time i i'm doing less physically but I get to the end of my day and I'm absolutely drained. And I have a, a perfectly logical neurological reason for that is your brain is constantly um, searching uh, in this, in this time of ministering in this season. Mm. Well done. Well, that's a tough lightning round question. All right. Second one, one specific way people can encourage ministry leaders right now. I'm going to say pastor appreciation week is is not the answer. I would say uh, just write your pastor a letter. I mean, a real life handwriting, mm. a stamp, something that they rarely get, and just write them a letter. Uh, make it short. Make it something maybe on a card uh, that they can just post somewhere, stick somewhere for a few days that would just continue to uplift them. Yes. Great. All right. Last question today, Wes, what's one practice that has brought you the most life? One practice that's brought you the most life. Okay. I'm going to say something really specific to me and I don't want to, I hope this doesn't turn off your, your listeners. What brings me life is running and specifically running marathons. And I was 55 when I ran my first marathon. And so maybe all your listeners right now are going, I'm out. He runs I'm marathons. I, I, I don't even, I don't even like running, but that that's the key. Um, in, in, uh, in reversing burnout, everyone has to come up with their own list because my list is not going to work for them. Alan, your list of what causes you rejuvenation is not going to work for, 
we all have to figure out our own list. And for me, That's running, right. I, I listen to great podcasts like your podcast I'm going to be listening to while I'm out there running. Awesome. Well, Wes, I absolutely love what you're doing. I can honestly say I have now met a ministry burnout expert. Um, thanks for what you do. And I know that there, there are countless pastors uh, across the country who need not only coaching, but may need to push into the clinical. So if that's you, I would encourage you to go kind of a clearinghouse for everything uh, that Dr. Wes is doing is drwesbevis.com. That's D-R-W-E-S-B-E-A-V-I-S.com. Wes, thanks for what you do. Fascinating conversation. And it was a fascinating read in your book. Let's talk about ministry burnout. Thanks for all that you do. Alan, thank you and your team because you are helping me accomplish the mission of let's talk about it because if we can talk more about it, we are going to, uh, we're going to be actually greater uh, leaders in the long run because we're, we're more aware. So thank you for what you're doing. You've got an awesome team. I'm looking forward to running more of this uh, race with you. Awesome. Thanks. Well, keep up the good work. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We hope that these conversations are encouraging and challenging to your soul and leadership. If you want to dig a little deeper into any of these things, if these conversations are resonating with you and you don't know what your next step is, I would encourage you to head over to stayforth.com. We have all sorts of resources that you can dig into with coaching, consulting, uh, ebooks, tools, uh, blog posts, all sorts of content that our team is constantly creating so that leaders can uh, pursue health. And that's what we care deeply about. So if you want to take your next right step uh, towards health as a leader, I would invite you to check out stayforth.com and see if there's any way uh, that our team can partner with you to pursue health in your leadership. So uh, we are dropping episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. If you haven't subscribed, I would encourage you and invite you to do that. That way you will be notified every time we drop a new episode. But as always, we are so incredibly thankful for your support and that you continue to listen to these conversations that we believe are oh so crucial to our culture right now. So we'll see you in the next episode. So long.